0: Missing this? This is the dream. Shohi on Vringlod. Whether you're from Cushendall in Antrim or Mount Seine in Watford, this is what it's all about. And get this, the all-new OTB Sports app. Off the Ball, Ireland's premier sports channel, now has a new home featuring the biggest names in Irish and world sports. Podcasts, interviews, news, commentary, analysis, plus almost 20 years of sporting archives. All free. Ready when you are, at home or on the go. The new OTB Sports app. Download it now from the App
1: Store and Google Play. The OTB Podcast Network. The Saturday panel on Off the Ball. Okay, so one of the big stories over the past week was the news that Jack McCaffrey has stepped away from the Dublin panel for the coming season. It's not going to be his first break from the game and he's certainly not the first Irish athlete to take a break from sport either. And today's Saturday panel features three Irish sports people who for various reasons and at various times decided to take some time out during their sporting careers. So we've got Republic of Ireland footballer Ani O'Gorman, Zebrae forward Ian Nagel and boxer Eric Donovan with us. Folks, you're all very welcome. Onio, oh, yeah, we might uh, kick things off with you. Uh, this, I'd imagine, was a fairly unique position to be in, coming out of international retirement this year. And then all of a sudden, you've got a second hiatus, basically, with the shutdown of sports in around February or March.
2: Yeah, yeah, obviously, the timing wasn't great. But um, obviously, yeah, I came out of retirement, came back for the Greece the and Montenegro game. And we flew back from Montenegro on the Thursday and landed in Dublin Airport with the news of the schools closing down because of, obviously... The, the coronavirus so yeah then we've obviously been on shut down we're only back now training with club two or three weeks so we've had uh, several fixtures cancelled and they're all rescheduled now for September and October December this year so
1: fingers crossed they go ahead Does it feel like a hiatus what's happened over the last three months does it feel like you've had a step back from sport I, I think there's kind of been a, a cloud over everything of uncertainty especially like even for the first month you probably thought you could have been back playing next month so perhaps it didn't feel like a full break but uh, I'm not sure what your experience was
2: yeah i think so i think you're always always thinking like it's kind of that unknown feeling that mm. uh, it's probably the toughest to deal with and um, you don't know when you're going to be back training or playing or if there will be football this year or not but luckily now the the season is going to kick off and um, the seventh the ninth of august sorry this year and then we'll be into, uh, into fingers crossed we'll be into international football in september so yeah but look i think everyone was in the same boat i think it'd be nearly worse if like it's an, it's nearly worse when you're injured and you can't play and everyone mm. else is playing. So, um everyone was on a level playing field from that regard. But obviously in Germany they they got back playing a little bit bit quicker than we did as well. And they're our next uh, opponent in September. So, um we all just need to get get back playing as soon as possible. Uh,
1: let's talk about your actual time away for a little bit. Your, your time away from the Republic of Ireland set up at least. Did you think at any point when you initially retired that you would come back? That it was just a break from international football.
2: Um, not at the time no um, under the current management and stuff like that no, I, was, I was really happy with my decision to step away and let the younger players come through um, I, I just, it, the timing was right for me after all the commitment I'd given i have been playing in the senior team since I was 16 so um, stepped back but look the opportunity came back to, to go back in new management and stuff in as well and it was like a fresh start so um, when the opportunity came round I, I grabbed it with with two hands and
1: and was the to get back play. How did you feel when you came back? Did it, did you feel like a, a refreshed footballer coming back into the Ireland fold? Obviously, it was a very specific set of circumstances that forced you out in the first place.
2: Yeah, like obviously, yeah. I think you get back in. You're obviously, um, it's a new setup, a new environment, and um, and it's fresh. But you still feel like you've never really left. Like um, mm. a lot of the players that I played were are still there. So I think I only took a. A day or two to settle back in, and it was, it was just like it was before.
1: Ian, you took a, a total break from sport. Uh, for people who don't know, you played with Munster for we really started your professional career at Munster and played for four years, wasn't it? And then what happened?
3: Uh, yeah, so I had been with Munster, I suppose, from uh, the academy set up into a senior contract. But uh, for the last few years, I struggled with a few injuries. Um, And uh, I probably fell out of love a small bit with rugby uh, at the time. Um, And uh, I was looking at the different opportunities. And and one of them was to go back studying. I'd never really committed myself to studying before. And um, uh, the opportunity kind of presented itself to maybe look into doing an MBA. Um, And the more I looked into that, the more excited I got by doing that. And um, I ended up kind of taking a two-year break first year where I just traveled with uh, friends just uh, around South America and uh, that was brilliant in itself just because I'd never really had an opportunity to do that before from I suppose about 16 onwards every uh, summer would have been committed to pre-seasons and um, rugby would have would have kind of occupied my mind Um, you know uh, would have been uh, fairly uh, committed to, to rugby and every decision I made would have been prioritizing rugby. So it was a great break just to get away for a year or two and do something completely different. Um, actually, it worked out. The, the NBA was in Cambridge University, right? Yeah, yeah, one year, just for one year.
1: Not a, a path well-worn where a rugby player ends up going to, to Cambridge afterwards. Was this something that you would considered early in life and you perhaps thought that the education thing was something you might never get around to?
3: Um, to be honest, I, I, it's not really something I'd, I'd consider too much. Um, so I kind of got to a funny crossroads, really. Um, I had gone on loan from Munster to Newcastle. And uh, the first week that I was there, I got a bad injury on my ankle. And that ruled me out for the rest of the season. And at that stage, then I kind of made the decision, look, I'm going to do something else. And funny enough, the crossroads I was at was to either Go into the military or um, to go into business school. Um, so I kind of spent the next four or five months meeting as many people as I could from um, both sides of things, and just talking about their experiences and their their um, uh, you know what their advice would be. Um, and the more I looked down the military side of things, uh, I probably came to the conclusion I was a bit too old. Um, I uh, went to the barracks in Cork and spoke to a colonel there, and um, I actually went to, uh, over to the UK uh, to a base for the Marines and just spoke to as many people as I could and just um, realized I was probably a bit too old to get started down that route. But What age were you? I was <clears throat> um, 24, right. 24, 25, yeah. Um, and then uh, I looked more into the business school and uh, the people I spoke with really kind of sold it to me. Um, as much for that I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do after rugby and the, the MBA is a good... Transition to to kind of get a, a taste of, of different industries and that type of thing. So the more I looked into that, then I um, got more excited about it. And in terms of the application, I actually thought it was a long shot. Really, you know, um, the the rugby side of things is a is a is a good one to have in terms of your work experience. But then the academic side of things, I um, thought would have been a stretch for me. So um, when I when I got the the, the offer, I was delighted and, and kind of with both hands why did you fall out of love with the game um yeah good question i suppose i suppose i i i, I really like rugby um, uh, but i probably you know didn't love it enough or don't love it enough for, for it to consume my entire life if that makes sense mm-hmm. um i kind of have different interests in in different things and up to that point i really had just made rugby um my everything in terms of uh you know life decisions i would made or even in university instead of having normal university experience i'd be up early and i'd be training and i wouldn't be going out because i'd be trying to be disciplined and 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 seeing what other friends were doing whether it was you know traveling or going on j1s or or starting their own little businesses or whatever i i probably envied them them slightly Um, and uh, i would have been very happy to continue playing rugby but but at the same time, I was just as excited to do something else maybe, um, and and back playing rugby now, and I'm, I'm delighted to be playing rugby, but it's, it's nice to know that whenever I do finish playing rugby, there are other things out there that I'll be just as, as excited to do, hopefully.
1: Absolutely. Eric, did you ever consider joining the military? Oh, we just uh, appear to have lost your audio there, Eric. We'll get that sorted uh, in just a moment. Uh, we might go back to you for a second, Donny, because it's very interesting what Ian is saying about having fallen out of love with the game. Uh, did that ever happen to you at any point, where you actually fell out of love with the sport of football, or was it a very specific situational thing with the Republic of Ireland?
2: No, I don't think I'd say I, I did fall out of love with, with football at all. Um, obviously I was, when I stepped back from the international team, I was still playing with my club team in P-Mount, um, and I think when I did step back, I, I was really, really enjoying my football, and um and and really enjoy the club at P-Mounts So now I think I would be a bit lost hmm. if, if I wasn't playing football, but obviously I'm lucky as well, like that I have a bit a bit of balance in my life um, and personal training and fitness structure. Um so I have other things going on in life as well and just wanted to step back and just focus on things like that like like um he said as well that you just miss out on so many things growing up and um, throughout like your college life and um life choices you make and even with, like things like your six-year holiday, when your friends are on your six-year holiday and you're just um, yeah, committing yourself to football and it's family things as well you miss out on as well. So um, I think that was part of the reason why I slept back and um, was just enjoying my club football and was able to do all them things and refresh now going back into the setup.
1: It's interesting that you mentioned the interests outside of sport there, Anya, and immediately what I would think, if, if you compare your story with Ian's, is that being a personal trainer outside of sport is very similar to sport itself. It's quite a sports-based job, I guess. Did you ever feel that it was too much, or that you were focusing too much on sport, or was it actually great to be pursuing both walks of life with all the energy that you have?
2: Yeah, I think so. Like, I think that that's what what I enjoy doing, and I have a passion for as well, so... um. That's obviously uh, the direction that, that I was... If I didn't play football, I'd probably, mm. probably still pursue him. Obviously, I did my coaching badges as well, my way for B, um, just shortly after. I, I took a step back from the international team as well, which was great to have. And and hopefully that will lead to some sort of path after my playing career is over as well in coaching. So um, who knows what happens. But uh, during the COVID, I did start a, an online course <laughs> on business management and leadership as well. So that's a little bit different than... Uh, personal training, so that's a, it's a little bit of a different challenge for me that, that I'm relishing to.
1: Well we seem to have got uh, Eric's line up and running there uh, Eric Donovan, you're welcome back uh, tell us your story for people who don't know talk to us about your break from boxing
0: Yeah um, sorry about that guys uh, Not at all no, uh, The um, funny you asked that, the, the question about the military Ian was speaking there, I was actually considering joining the military oh, nice. uh, many times you know, as a career man, and the career being so close, and uh, I had some friends and former boxers that uh, represented their club, went into the, you know, went down that route as well. And um, I just kept putting it off, and then chasing the Olympics. And people were, I was getting mixed messages. Some people were saying the army will be brilliant and it will give you loads of time off, and then I was hearing from other boxers who were saying no, they have to go on duty, and they're not getting time off, and getting mixed messages all the time and then i just kept plowing forward and chasing the olympic dream and then in 2013 i realized i was 27 years old i had just returned from an eight month stint in kazakhstan and um i gave up on my education i gave up on work exper- work you know uh, taking the plunge into the into the work work life or the workforce and so i didn't really have much work experience and Give up, for 10 years, I've been supported from the age of 17 to 27. I was supported by uh, Sport Ireland and funded by them. And now suddenly, I wasn't number one in Ireland anymore. And now I wasn't supported by... Uh, I wasn't funded. I wasn't on a grant anymore. And I had two young boys. And I was standing in, in the queue signing on the dole. And I was like, this is not how it was meant to be. Uh, didn't. This is not how I envisaged life, my life to be, you know? And... Um, very felt very anxious, felt very lonely at that time and very confused as well, because I had given so much to my to my boxing career and in some ways as as Ian said there about you know being consumed by it, like I was consumed by boxing boxing became my whole identity, dangerously so that I didn't realize anything I didn't know I kind of lost myself you know and then I realized I was boxing for the wrong reasons I was boxing for my coach boxing for my family boxing for trying to just make people happy around me so I kind of I walked away from it then in 2013 and I went I knew I had to do something for my future just to to have a bit more of a security in my future and I went back into education then and I studied counselling and psychotherapy, and went back as a mature student. Did a two two-year full-time course and diploma. Got a got a diploma in 2015, and it's about to go for my degree in 2016. When when I when I started to kind of get the urge again to box, to go back boxing, and this time it was for all the right reasons. It was for all the kind of more like a redemption story. All the near misses, all the setbacks, all the shortcomings I had in my life. I kind of over the sabbatical I kind of got my life back in back together and got my uh, kind of found myself again and I had a new sense of uh a kind of a new maturity, a new strength, a new focus, and even the breakaway gave me a chance to learn about boxing from a different from a different perspective. Even even from a coaching perspective, I was doing a little bit of coaching and I was keeping fit, but I wasn't competing. And then sure enough the conclusion i came to was i can always go back and do my degree but i can't always go back and box and i just felt like i'd one more round one more fight in me and something left to achieve and i didn't want to finish up and and have any any regrets and so i turned pro in 2016 and now i'm you know I'm, i'm i'm the undefeated irish professional featherweight champion and i'm on the verge of a world world ranking title fight and i'm going to make my sky sports debut on the 14th of august and Eddie Hearns fight card,
1: uh, fight camp in his backyard. So, um, how times have changed, eh? Yeah, not bad. But it's some story. Like, if you had to pick one strand or or one theme that came from your hiatus, the thing that transformed your career and transformed your mindset and allowed you to fight for the right reasons, what was that thing? What was that experience? Was there a tangible moment? Oh,
0: there was definitely. I just i. I
1: I had to learn a bit more about Eric and, um, I had to
0: change my life. You know, I was very distracted throughout my amateur career. Um, I, you know, I suffered badly with mental health issues and I used a lot, I had a lot of coping mechanisms to deal with that. Um, I was dealing with something very, very powerful that I had no understanding or awareness of, you know, what kind of damage I was doing to myself or to people around me. It was just, I was almost a slave to my addictions. And uh, everything was an addiction to me. I obsessed with everything, whatever I touched. And uh, um, I had to wh- I had to educate myself. I had to find out why I was thinking the way I was thinking, why I was feeling the way I was feeling, and acting the way I was acting. So I had to go and understand a lot about the about the mind, about myself. And you know, once I kind of got to grips with all of that, I was in a much better position to be able to make decisions for my life, for my future. Um I mean the outcome of a boxing match previous to my professional career would determine my whole well being, my whole life. You know, it would mm. it would just it was everything. It dominated every conversation. It was just every you know, every time I woke up to the time I went to bed, I, I actually got to the stage where I hated boxing because boxing was boxing like was became my identity and I didn't know who I was. I was kinda of lost in the back of that. But um You know, I remember being a young kid and boxing was so much fun from the age of probably seven up till around 15. It was so much fun and I enjoyed it. I loved it and I expressed myself so well in it and I I could go anywhere and and get in with anybody and feel absolutely 100% free and confident and everything. But then I got distracted in my life. You know, I started going down the road of drinking and smoking and using drugs and then I just, boxing became uncool. And then other stuff became cool and I kind of got lost. And then I was kind of juggling both and trying to navigate both, but it wasn't really working out for me. It was, it was an, it was an awful strain on my life and a, a huge stress. And I was like that for nearly a period of 10 years then. And, uh, Sometimes I'd get good periods and I've, and, 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 you know, been on the straight and narrow, but then I'd always fall back into old ways and old habits. So I had to kind of change my whole life, root and branch. I'm not talking about changing your clothes or, you know, getting a new haircut. I had to change everything. I had to change everything, friends, social life, habits, just completely. And, and I'm happy now. I'm happy in my life now. And, you know, I'm, I was supposed to get married next Thursday in, in, in Spain uh, to my, to my fiance, Laura. And, uh, we are we are both good. One of us more so than the other. Because <laughs> there's a silver lining. I'm after getting the Sky Sports fight on the 14th of August, and that wouldn't have came, that certainly wouldn't have come about if it wasn't for the wedding. So you know we're getting the best of both worlds, and going to have that big fight, and then you know we we get married next day, April. So
1: uh, we're really looking forward to that. Uh, it's a really interesting point uh, you mentioned there, Eric, about how the sport completely consumed you, you were a boxer and that was it. And I'd be interested in getting your thoughts on that one, Ian, because quite often, it's obviously the case in individual sport, but quite often in team sport as well, the levels of dedication from a young kid are through the roof entirely, like perhaps from a rugby player's perspective when it comes to the schools game in Ireland, the competitive levels are through the roof, winning is everything, putting every single waking moment into the cause of winning is promoted so much in team sports. Like, do you think that's an unhealthy situation to be in, Ian? And is that something that, that you can relate to Eric's situation with regards to that?
3: Yeah, I suppose I, I still got somewhat lucky in that when I came out of school, there was still some balance between being able to have kind of a normal academic side of things if you wanted to go to university mm. um, and the, the academy structure fit around let's say, your university lectures and stuff like that. And I'm not sure if the balance is still the same there now or at least, I'd say, the pressure of having to perform in the academies is, is a lot higher than um, what it was when I went through it. Um, rugby's getting more and more professional and, and, the, and the kind of age that that's starting is 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 getting lower and lower. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough for, uh, for for guys coming through now, I would say. I I found that that I... Quickly, you kind of come into a bubble um, and that, that that rugby and I don't know if it's the same um, Fran and Eric but, but your sport becomes a little bit of a bubble and, and like Eric was saying there you find that you're just talking about rugby you're thinking about rugby a lot of your friends are in rugby and it just becomes yeah rugby 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 and when that's going great it's great because your whole life is going great but then very quickly if it's not going well or you're injured or you're worried about contracts or selection or whatever then then almost all aspects of your life are kind of negative in that moment too. Um. But it, I suppose it just starts to consume you entirely. And this is something that I really want to get
1: into. We just have to go to news. So if you wouldn't mind holding that thought, Ian, we'll get straight back into that after two o'clock. You are listening to Oni O'Gorman, Eric Donovan and Ian Nagel talking about stepping back from sport. We'll take a quick break. You're very welcome back. We are joined by Oni O'Gorman, Eric Donovan and Ian Nagel to talk about stepping back from sport on our Saturday panel. You can tweet us at OffTheBall or text us using the number 53106 if you've got any questions for our panel. Uh, Ian, before the break you were making the point that it's difficult sometimes to detach yourself from the success or the lack of success as a sports person. If you win, your happiness is dependent on that and vice versa. Is that something you've got better at as you've got older and wiser and deeper into your career?
3: um yeah i think so um i suppose studying in england for the year um it was great because the the class i was in we i think there was 160 in the class and there was over 40 different nationalities and there was gas because you'd speak to some people and they'd ask you you know your background and you'd say oh i used to play rugby and they'd ask you what's that you know and it's uh, you kind of very quickly realized how small fry you are you know on the grand scheme of things and that's that's great because i think coming back into rugby then you you have that perspective still with you and if ever you get consumed by the ups and downs of of rugby in my case i found then that you can um really kind of take a step back and and get a much better perspective of, of how insignificant parts of it might be so um for me yeah that made a huge difference and actually playing rugby now is much more enjoyable and and i think this um it's a, a much healthier way, I think, to, to kind of play the game and, and uh, it doesn't affect any level of professionalism or any desire, I find, but, but it just gives you a bit more, more balance in your, um, in your focus, I suppose.
1: So how would a, a particularly tough day at Munster have gone for you when you were struggling with this, when you had failed to, to figure out exactly how your mind worked and how you managed to enjoy your
3: rugby more? So so I was lucky to some extent that this, 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 it never got me down as such as I just kind of got a little bit pissed off or frustrated at the the lack of control I had in the situation so um, if I felt that I was maybe playing well but wasn't getting opportunities or um, if I got an injury and I couldn't kind of control the speed of my rehab enough um, those type of things would, would really frustrate me and then by being consumed in rugby um i i probably let that kind of you know develop too much i suppose um and i think that that, that now maybe I, I i just accept those types of things a little bit more um and, and as well i probably have more of a balance outside of rugby that if one one if rugby isn't going well then i can just focus on different areas of my life and and uh, try you know put more energy into making those successful and Um, I think that's a much better balance to maybe where I was at a younger stage of my career.
1: Anya, is it fair to say that you would look at things slightly differently, even kind of looking at your hiatus? You did loads of punditry on TV, analysing the Republic of Ireland games. You also did your coaching badges. I think it seemed that without international football, you threw yourself into different elements of football.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, Just other opportunities came up and um, obviously it was just something different and, and a new challenge as well, but still staying, remaining within the game as well. But I do think it is, is important. I think as you get older, like you do, do learn to have um, a little bit more balance in life. And I think when you're happier and um, like, that's what I found now, I'm happy playing with the international setup. And when you're a happy happier athlete, your you performance, um, it, it reflect, re, really clearly reflects in your performance. like So, and I think the lads would probably agree with that as well. And, um, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day is just enjoying your sport and, and performing to the highest level you can.
1: When you say you're looking at your friends going on leaving certain holidays and you're unable to do so because of sporting commitments, does that change as you get older? Do you look at, I don't know, family occasions or, or social occasions and feel that envy as well or did that dissipate over time?
2: Like, I don't think at the time when I didn't get on a six-year holiday it was a big problem for me because okay. my focus was just on playing football and, and that's all I wanted to do. But, I think when, you, as you get older, then you do start to miss out things. And I think we have the obviously the professional players are in a different boat. But us as amateurs playing in Ireland, we're obviously trying to juggle work and playing at that high level and and trying to be an elite athlete. So that's a massive, massive commitment. And um, previous to the last few years, like we were taking unpaid days leave off work, and eventually does take its toll on you as well. And you're missing out on these family occasions and. Then you kind of take it a sit back and, and look and reflect, and you're kind of just thinking what direction is my life going after football? Mm. Um as well. And I think that's something that you don't really consider when you're younger. Um, what what am I gonna do when after football, after all these commitments, taking all these days off? Like you need to try and buy a house, get a mortgage. and um, just just little things like that as well. That you're not we're not lucky to be in the same boat that maybe um our male counterparts are in England that they're earning um huge and massive amount of money that that might set them up for after, but I think sometimes that they do fall over and um, come across them barriers as well, going over at a young age without their education. Um, so, yeah, it's just, just a massive balancing act, I
1: think. I can imagine. Uh, Eric, when you listen to the other two speak, is it different from your perspective being an individual? Like, Do you think you would have perhaps struggled less earlier in your career if you were playing a sport that was a team sport? for example, that you might have had people to talk to on the same side as you? Like, I presume as in an individual sport, the, the mental fortitude required is much higher.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, most of my old classmates, I'd be fr- on friendly terms with them, but I'm not in their group, if you know what I mean. But they're all GAA, uh, everyone, they're all GAA heads, and um, they play for the local club. I play at a school level, but I've done a lot of sports. But... Boxing was just one that I excelled at and I had a great coach and, he, you know, he kind of, uh, I wanted, I wanted a box for him and, you know, he was a great influence on my life, mentor, kind of a, you know, just a really good, good, good guy. And, and, um, so that's the route I went down. But like, I, I, I used to be envy, I envious of um, my, all my former classmates because they were all, um. Like I said, they were all part of the GA club and had this big kind of, and they still have a great support, a great unit, and they all like. Um, there's a great camaraderie uh, with them all, and um, I even, I, even to my own two sons, they're doing a bit of boxing at the moment, but they're doing other sports as well, and I wouldn't like them to do boxing to the level that I've, that I'm at because it's a very lonely and tough game, and um, the highs are high, the lows are very low, but I just think that the principles of boxing can be very good, can be very good to, to to help them get through life, through through school, through college, and help them in whatever route that they decide to go down. And, you know, if one of them turns around and has a dream to become a world professional boxing champion or a world Olympic champion, I, I'd have to support them. But ideally, I'd like them to go down more of the route of team sports because I just think it's more beneficial for them in a, in a more kind of a holistic and well-being uh type uh, or in a way and uh, interesting to hear on they're talking about like you know the the difference between you know the the ladies game and 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 the men's game like there's huge there's a huge disparity there especially when it comes to finance and you know they're playing for their country and it's a great honor to play for your country and um, but she's also trying to think about the future as well and think about like Real, real life issues like you know mortgages and bills and housing like these. These are the these are the things that athletes are faced with, and especially I'm like even though she's playing at a professional level, it's still almost amateur when it comes to earning money and stuff. And uh, you know endorsements or sponsorships or anything like that. So they can give a huge chunk of their life, and then suddenly you don't really get much, even as in in a way of kind of like uh, thanks or anything. It's kind of like next then there's someone going to fill your place. There's someone going to fill your spot. I remember being so disheartened at the end of my amateur career because I had won so much and I have achieved so much representing Ireland. And and it was it was just, there was no real kind of like, you know, big kind of a celebration of what I'd done. or Not that I was looking for that, but I just found that I was alone. You know, I was actually alone and there was no real... Uh, Uh, kind of a comeback on everything you know there was no benefit to me for what i have given given most of my life and uh to a sport and you just realize that you're you know it's kind of sink or swim and that's why i that's why i went back into education and i was faced with another four years from the london olympics to the rio olympics but over that four years if i wanted to if I wanted to pursue the Rio Olympic games, I had to fund my own travel to Dublin. I had to stay in like, I had to, um, pay for my own equipment. I had to pay for, uh, try and pay to keep, you know, uh, support for my, my two kids. It just wasn't feasible for me anymore. I was like, I can't do this as much as I'd really love to go to the Olympic games. I cannot do this. And I kind of had a Eureka moment there in my life, it was kinda of like I need to I need to change. I have to change and do something and 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 that change has done me the world of good because you know, Ian and, and Oni would tell you, you can't be on the pitch and off the pitch at the same time. Mm-hmm. You can't be in the ring and outside the ring at the same time. And during my time from being outside the ring, I got to see boxing in a different way. I got to <clears throat> I got to educate myself and learn about it and see it from a different perspective. So when you get back in to it you've 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 just a new understanding a new learning things that you could things that you were blind to before and the happiness and the contentment that's where the best athletes are where they're happy when they're happy and they're content they can express themselves without having the pressures of results or what's going to happen if i lose or if i fail all of this all of this negative stuff has gone out of my life now i'm just enjoying boxing and being free and expressing myself. And I find that my performances have just gone to a whole new level. I'm better now at almost 35 years of age than I ever was in my, in my amateur, at my peak in my amateur career, which would have been around 25, 26
1: mm. years of age. And that's a very interesting point, which I want to get into in a moment as well. But just on what you were saying there about... Your eureka moment, Eric. Like, how does one actually find that eureka moment? It's, it's probably such a, a nebulous idea to, to people on the outside looking in. But, uh, like, w- what was that eureka moment for you? H- how do people try and find that to actually affect that change uh, in their life and in their sporting careers?
0: It's hard to know. Like, it's mm. it's different for everybody because life experiences are different for everybody. You know, what might have an effect on me might not have an effect on somebody else. Sure. But I just kind of I just kind of felt that at that time that I was almost felt like a waster, you know? I felt like in my life that like, okay, I've done all of this. I've massive geographical kind of a education, a cultural education. I was in Philippines. I was in China, Korea, Canada, America, all over Europe, representing my country, get experience in different cultures and everything and loads of medals, loads of medals, World Series of Boxing Gold Medal, a European Bronze Medal and, you know, five times Irish Elite Champion. But none of this is going to pay the bills. And I kind of felt like, what the hell you know what 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 does what does this all mean what does it stand for and i kind of in some ways i kind of felt that my boxing career was in vain then and I, thankfully i i can see it as a different thing it's not now it's you know i look at it now as a very special time in my life and i also look at at what i've learned throughout and i didn't realize this at the time but i've learned so much about the area of health and fitness and, uh, you know, strength and conditioning and nutrition and all that. So I set up a, I set up my own business, uh, Eric Boxer Boxercise and Fitness. And I do a lot of, uh, s- similar to what Anya does, personal training and I do classes and I go into schools and I do, I do community and fitness, community boot camps and that type of stuff. And I work with a lot of sports teams as well. And I've been very lucky to work with some senior and intermediate GA teams and uh, had a lot of success along the way as well. So in a way it isn't like it's not it's i don't look back in vain i look at it now as an asset it's an asset to me but for for different people there are different there there there
1: will be different times in their life where they have where the penny drops for them it's different for everybody own mm. Do you feel that that penny dropping then will elongate your career? Like obviously you've, you've you've mentioned your age and how you're still going strong. Like if anything, on a purely practical level, taking a bit of time out to assess things would allow the body to go a bit longer as well. Without a doubt.
0: Without a doubt. Yeah. But like again, it goes back to what you do in your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe that mo- in a lot of in a lot of athletes' lives, it's what you do outside of the ring, what you do outside of the gym that will determine what you achieve inside the inside the ring inside the gym you know what i mean it's um i couldn't really put this together growing up i was kind of like i you know when you're a young kid you think you know it all you know everything you know and uh, even the the wisdom that i that well i suppose People would have been trying to offer me words of wisdom throughout my career, but I would have just let it into one ear and out to the other and never really listened. I always felt like I had it under control, but I hadn't, hadn't got it under control. But when you watch a young kid now that's doing the ordinary things, the ordinary things like staying, not going out for parties, not, you know, eating healthy, getting a good night's sleep, being punctual, being disciplined, being a nice kind person, being helpful, being supportive, and then has talent. You look at a kid like that and you know that they're going to go very far in life because all they have to do is just be consistent with that. They don't have to be in a way kind of extraordinary or special in a kind of a unique type of way. Like, you know, don't have to have this ungodly talent. They just have to have a, a good bit of talent and then marry that with hard work and commitment and just be a good human being. And then you will start, you will get your just rewards. I genuinely believe that. Where I had an abundance of talent, but I wasn't marrying up that talent with hard work. And I was cutting corners and cutting shortcuts and everything throughout my life. And uh, massive learning, massive learning experiences, but you're, I'm just delighted to be able to kind of say that I've come through all of that. And I'm still here today competing at the very top level because I don't want to be another statistic. I know so many people from from so many towns um, who, and I hear so many people say, oh, he was a great boxer, or he was a great footballer, or he was a great uh, uh, Ruby player, or she was brilliant at this, you know, and, and the drink got the better of them, or, or the the drugs, or whatever, like, you know, they lost their way through whatever reason. But you never really hear m- many stories about the person that turned it around. You know, your dreams are still alive, you can get back in the driving seat and actually turn it around, you know get your life, grab the bull by the horn and turn it around and be successful. You know, it doesn't have to always be a sad story behind all of this. It can be a, a an inspiring story, one of um, reinvention
1: and one of uh, redemption. And and then that's the story that you need to tell people. It's pretty good advice. Uh, only I'd be keen to get your take on a lot of what uh, Eric said there. We might just start with the idea of self-worth. Uh, and he mentioned women's football in Ireland, obviously, very obvious cases of women's sport all around the world, especially with football in Ireland about your worth not being respected by people at the top of the hierarchy. Did that affect how you felt on the pitch and your entire self-worth as a footballer?
2: Um, I don't think it would have affected how we felt on the pitch. I think right. we always would have had really good togetherness as, as a team as well and I, I do think this is something that's changing now um, like with women's football, with RT showing the the Women's World Cup and it is it is growing um, a little bit more of a fan base and, and a little bit more of an interest now it still has a long way to go but um, I do think it is on the up and, um, which is great to see a, a, lot, a big comparison from when I started playing and the opportunities now for the girls to to be in a better environment and um, the resources that are available to is great and hopefully in a few years the, the Women's International team will benefit from that but there's still a lot of work to go and and um, the women's national league here which is um the the equivalent to the league of Ireland um as well so but look i think everything's moving in the right direction it does come down to like resources and finances and if you don't invest in something how do you expect it to get out um, results at the end but um obviously things are great in the women's international team at the moment um we we the resources are great and if we i think if we qualify for the european championships that would be every big turning point in um, for women's football.
1: For sure. Would you go along with what Eric said, that it's half to do with the really simple things if you're trying to turn a sporting career around? Eric mentioned as a young person, just not going to parties and being consistent with that. Is that something you would agree with?
2: Yeah, 100%. It's attitude. Like it all comes mm. down to, to, to your attitude at the end of the day, much um, you're willing to sacrifice to to succeed in your sport. But And you need good guidance as well. And <coughs> Um, good structures and a, a really good environment to, to flourish and uh, maximise potential like Eric as well I've seen so many talented players that I would have played with growing up and um, they're not even playing football now at the moment and it's a massive shame, it's shame if they had been given the support when they were, they were younger um, right through the set up um, they, they probably would have been playing for Ireland today too
1: Ian, I'd be keen to, to get your take then on the, the longevity of the career in terms of actually taking a break, as you did, like many high-profile rugby players have done it, Izan Asewa, Dan Carter, Richie McCaw, all took sabbaticals from a very attritional sport to elongate their career. That probably wasn't the reason why you did it, but is that a positive unintended consequence of your hiatus from the sport?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I was really two years that I that I wasn't really playing, so hopefully that's one or two years I can get yeah. back at the end um, so I, I think it's it's something maybe that that's, you might see more and more, maybe not for two years but I think definitely kind of four or five month injury, uh, four or five month break can do the world of good you know, um, guys get typically get a kind of one month off season but there's some niggles and, and little things that you, they're never enough that you would would stop training or stop playing but, but they probably need a few months to, to recover and Um, maybe at the halfway point of of people's rugby careers if they were to get that six month sabbatical then I think that would, um, would definitely kind of add another year or two the end. do you think that is something that
1: perhaps the IRFU should look into especially with some of their centrally contracted players like there was a lot of thought uh, around the Australia tour in 2018 about whether or not Johnny Sexton should even travel just to give him that summer off and allow him to kind of rest the body for a little while and perhaps elongate that time off just so that he's fresh and ready for the Rugby World Cup in 2019
3: yeah maybe i think you know, it, it's probably be, it'd probably be difficult to do it as a kind of rule of thumb, but I think mm. for individual players, it's definitely something that that you know might be might be made available to them. I think, in fairness to the RFU, I think they're they're very good for managing players um, and players' game time and the mm. amount of minutes they play. And um, my experiences with the Irish provinces are that it's incredibly science based, you know, and uh, and players are in general really well looked after. So. Um, that's probably why a lot of Irish guys stay in Ireland because they know that you know versus going to France you 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 probably get an extra year or two if you if you stay in Ireland uh, um, but I think definitely for certain guys like you know I don't want to name names but for certain guys who you know playing uh, high level rugby for for years and some guys who now, you know are, are, are being are regular starters for Ireland in the early 20s those guys kind of five six years down if they could probably get a break for a few months I think that would do them the world good, and then and then they'd get that time again at the end of their careers. Yeah, potentially giving someone like James Ryan
1: a summer off. Don't don't kind of uh, impose every single summer on him for the next few years, perhaps before the next World Cup. Biden be the worst shout in the world. Just kind of on a final point, then, Ian. Like, this has been a time of reflection for a lot of people during this pandemic. Uh, it's been an enforced hiatus, as we've already mentioned. Is it something you'd recommend your entire situation, the way you've progressed in sport, to take some time out to reflect, to go to college, to pursue something else, uh, and ultimately elongate your career? Is it, is it something you would recommend?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd, 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 hate, I'd hate for it to come across in any way. this but that I didn't enjoy playing rugby. That's not the case at all, I'd do, do it all over again. Um, but having said that, I think y- you need to look at a, a career in professional sport with open eyes and it's, there's highs and there's lows, like Eric was saying, you know, and, and um, it's important to get perspective. And I think sometimes when you go head first, as you do when you're 15, 16, and you kind of go into the professional, start going into the professional rugby environments, and to some extent you have to, you just have to go first 100%, but it's good maybe to have someone who can give you a bit of perspective at times, Mm. um, whether that's your parents or or some mentor in your life who can maybe give you a bit of balance and, 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 you know, I think that's, um, yeah, I suppose on reflection, um, I think, you know, it's, it's a great career, 100%, but I think that there's, you have to remember that it's not going to be there forever. And um, you need to have, have, have that perspective, I think, is, is a big help that maybe I learned a little bit too late.
1: Eric, is that something you go along with? And do you think that what's happened over the last few months will actually inspire a few more people to perhaps not invest as much time in their elite sports levels, actually go and sample something else?
0: Yeah, it's a tricky one, though, mm. because, like, you know, the window of... Uh, of chance or the window of opportunity when it comes to elite level sport or professional sports it's very s- slim and small you kind of have to sometimes just just go for it but I, I i i think the most important thing in life is to have a support team around you uh you mentioned that there on your to it in the environment you know where you can flourish where you can blossom where you can bloom so if it doesn't work out that you actually have the good support unit around you so then you go on to plan b you know and that you don't fall through the cracks how many professional footballers went over to england gave up on education spent 6 or 7 years on the sidelines or trying to break into teams and then come back you know 24 25 years of age yeah and 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 suddenly they they don't they, they feel like losers and they feel like wasters and stuff like that you know what I mean that yeah. that can happen so it's important to have good people guiding you and and to tr- I think you need to have the hunger as well. As it, like You need to l- have the hunger inside you to want to, st- to always strive to be better, not only as an athlete, but as a human being, as a person. You know, And there's many,
1: yeah. ways, you, there's many ways you can do that. Absolutely. Uh, listen, it's been great chatting to all three of you. We could go on for another hour here, but we'll have to leave it there. It's Oni O'Gorman, Eric Donovan, and Ian Nagel. That's who you've been listening to for the last hour. Thanks a million for your time, folks. Thank Thanks you. Really. Uh, that is it for this week's Saturday panel if you're just joining us you'll be able to listen back to the full piece soon on the OTB Podcast Network Uh, we'll take a quick break team news from the Premier League games next the Saturday panel on Off the Ball that was an OTB Podcast Network presentation